0: Welcome into the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Michelle Anumba of the Las Vegas Aces. Michelle, welcome in.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. All right,
0: Michelle, I actually found out about you through the APTA College and Pro SIG um, when they had an Instagram takeover, and you were actually the main guest. Um, so why don't you tell people about yourself, um, more about where you grew up, and what got you into PT in the first place?
1: All right, cool. Um, so... I'm originally from Southern California. Um, and then I, after I graduated high school, I ended up going to Duke University on a track scholarship um, where I did shot put and hammer throw. Um, after undergrad, also I ended up doing track and field at Duke. I mean, not track and field, sorry. Uh, I ended up going to physical therapy school at Duke. And so um, I spent a lot of time at Duke, seven years. And then after I finished my physical therapy degree, I went on to do a sports physical therapy residency. um, And that was through Texas Health Sports Medicine. Um, And then after that, I went and did um, a master's in athletic training at University of Texas at Arlington. And then that's how I ended up in Las Vegas. So I kind of moved around a lot. um, But that's how I got here today.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. So at what point in your career, whether it be high school or undergrad or PT school that did you realize that you wanted to do sports PT as a career?
1: You know, um, I've done sports all my life and it was something I've always wanted to stay attached to because I love that like drive. I love the fact that everyone's performing at a high level. Everyone wants to be the best at what they want to be. And that's what I also resonate with, with everything that I do. And so a personal goal of mine was actually to compete in the Olympics, but that didn't work out because... Injuries and, you know, uh, it's hard shot puts a very hard sport to be extremely good at. Um, And so I kind of flipped it up and said, I want to work at the Olympics. So that's still me being at the Olympics in some way, shape or form. Um, When I was in PT school, I did keep an open mind and didn't directly focus everything on sports. Um, But then through all the curriculum, I still enjoyed the sports the most. And so that's why I decided to continue with sports after um, physical therapy school.
0: Gotcha. And then after you did your residency, you said you went into do your master's in AT. So what we went into that decision yes. to you know, go back to school again after doing a residency and PT school?
1: Um, it was definitely a tough decision. I was just trying to figure out what was the best path for me. Um, now, everyone has a different journey to get into sports, whether it's college or professional Um, and so I was talking to a couple of our residency directors and other people who are in a similar position as me. And the one thing that gave me some confidence into applying and going into the athletic training program was that even though it doesn't guarantee that I'm going to work with professional sports or college sports, I'm still not going to regret anything that I've learned. And I will say the athletic training program that I was in was very rigorous um, and then I also got to work with high-level athletes from the high school level all the way to the NBA G League. So that was great exposure and opportunities to meet more people. And when you're thinking of sports or any job, who you know does help for sure. And so
0: as you're a dual credential PT-ATC, I know that there's always some sometimes a, a turf war between PTs and ATs. So what are, what's something that, you know, both professions can kind of do better in order to kind of work towards the end goal of making sure the athlete is in the best shape that they can to perform on the field or on the court?
1: You know, that's uh, definitely a, a tricky subject. Um, some sports are different than others. Some, it's just a person dependent. But at the end of the day, I feel like if the goal is to provide the best care for the athlete, we need to work together. Um, there's not one person that knows more than the other. There are people who have more experience than the other, but that experience doesn't mean you're necessarily better. And so I think, unfortunately, letting go of some of that ego or past experiences with other people that may have disappointed them is the best way to go. Um, but it, it's just one of those things that I think is just so competitive that people are just trying to hold on to what they got and not let someone else take it, I guess. But I don't see it that way. I value... All the opportunities that I've had with people of different athletic and academic backgrounds, because they've only helped me be better, learn better, learn something new, things like that.
0: So, kind of, I want to talk a little bit more about your kind of your time with the Las Vegas Aces. So, when did you start officially working with them?
1: Um, it was April twenty nineteen. Okay. Is when I started with. Gotcha. And
0: so, what's something that you did not expect? That you encountered when you first started working with them? Anything that kind of surprised you?
1: I would say my role is definitely more of the athletic training side of it, where I'm taking care of each one of these players holistically. So, from orthopedic injuries to just daily sicknesses that they may have or allergies, um, and then the mental health aspect to it, to even educating them on nutrition and. All aspects of that. Those are things you do kind of learn in PT school, but it it does end up being more of the athletic training side where you learn a little bit about everything and how to manage it and then know who to refer to if it is something that's out of your specific expertise. Um, But even that season, I would say there really wasn't that many orthopedic injuries. It was all other stuff. And so that was the biggest surprise to me. It was like how... I wasn't really prepared for everything else that can happen with this season, especially with traveling and people didn't realize their allergies would be bad in Connecticut versus Las Vegas versus uh, Dallas. So like those things really come into play and making sure the athlete like understands that themselves. So you're not like chasing them 24 seven.
0: And so what's something that you kind of enjoy most about working with, you know, a professional WNBA team? Um, obviously you've been wanting to do this as a career path, but what's something that you enjoy working about with the Aces particularly?
1: Um, I think the most fun for me is game days. Um yes, I want to see us win. I'm still very competitive on the inside. Um and so I want my team to perform the best and win every game and win everything. Now that doesn't always happen, but I love being right there on the sideline, but then I also hate it because I don't want them to get hurt and I'm just like anytime someone falls or makes a little face, I'm like, get up, get up, get up. And so it's just like an interesting, like,
0: torn of emotions during a game day. And so kind of talking a little bit more about that athlete connection that you have. I know sometimes athletes are a little guarded about who is taking care of them, um, just because they want to make sure that they're doing everything right to make sure they can perform the best. So what's one key thing that you've noticed in terms of getting that athlete buy-in and trust when you're telling them about their rehab program or things that they need to do to make sure that they can perform at their their highest level.
1: Yeah, honestly, that's really, Um, I've been fortunate where the players on our teams over the past three seasons have been pretty open-minded. Granted, a lot of them have influences from other people and past trainers and past physical therapists or their parents and things like that who do influence some of what the things they want to do or may not want to do. Um, but then you just have to truly understand each one of those players. Um, some of them are more open. A lot of them are more guarded. A lot of them have had bad experiences with other their previous athletic trainer or when they're with an athletic trainer with a different team. And so, for example, I would say like dry needling. Some of them are very anti-dry needling because they had a bad experience somewhere else. But then it just ends up being a lot of communication with them and education. And, you know, sometimes you just don't do it. And you not forcing that upon them also might also get some of that buy-in as well because you listen to them. And so it's it's a it's a tough barrier to cross. Um, but then at the end of the day, you're there for the athlete. But then if anything is going to cause them harm, you'll definitely step in. Um, but it, it does take some time. Some Some players are probably a lot harder to crack than others.
0: And I think that kind of sentiment can kind of be for any other sort of patient, orthopedic, you know, neurological. But I, I realized that with athletes, they're very conservative and, you know, kind of only show their true colors to people that they really have their trust in. Um, so another clinical question that I have is for people, you know, coming out of school, out of PT school, especially, you, you kind of come out as a generalist, right? And you're not really sports specific. So we, you don't get that much experience with like higher level return to sports. And for you, you're working with professional athletes that need to perform and jump and cut at high levels. So what are some things that, you know, new grads or people that don't have that experience can kind of learn how to, I guess, simulate demands that they will need for returning onto the court or onto the field. Um, I think
1: the best way is just, get exposure, whether it's um, from just volunteering and shadowing someone, emailing them, seeing if they'll allow you to shadow. I know things are difficult now with COVID, um, but that's probably the easiest way. But it can even be out of a local uh, gym or one of those. There's a couple of like combo PT gym settings out there where you do get to see a couple of higher level patients, which you can still simulate those same things. But I also like to think, my patient that I see in the clinic is really no different than the athlete. Um, and so now their sets and reps or how explosive or how fast they may be doing an exercise might differ. Um, but I do see them to, as the same to some extent. And so just being really good at the patients you're seeing, but then expanding that strength and conditioning background, if it means taking courses outside of the uh, PT clinic. I think that might be the best way to combo that, but then all, obviously exposure is the best way to learn, um, but also just being good at what you do.
0: And so one question I like to ask people that work at higher level, you know, collegiate or pro sports is what are some different struggles, you know, a PT or any sports clinician might face working at that level? Um, sometimes, you know, everyone thinks it's like, oh, I get to be on the sideline. I get to work with these really, you know, alien athletes because they're very, you know, unique, one of a kind, but what are some different struggles that, you know, pro or collegiate sports PTs might face?
1: Uh, I think the biggest uh, is just funding and staff. Um, I'm fortunate where I'm on a team where we have two PTs, uh, one that's Lisa's passing past season, one that's dual credential, one that's a full-time PT, but then also the PT was also f- um, working as a strength and conditioning coach. And on top of that, we also help with the equipment. And so there's a lot of things you are required to do at our level with the WNBA. Every WNBA team is different, um, but some operate with just one athletic trainer. And so that makes things so much harder um, to maintain that high level and demands of the coaches and the players. Um, And so I think that's probably the hardest thing. Um, And then another add to that is just access to resources. Now, some teams are uh, attached to an NBA team, so they do have easier access to maybe a weight room or additional court and things like that. Whereas for us, we're a little bit more migratory depending on events going on in Vegas and things like that. So we didn't always have everything that we needed. So you do have to be open-minded and flexible a lot of the times which is definitely different.
0: Um, And so kind of a more broad fulfilling point or more fulfilling question. Um, I know that you said you love working with athletes because they're motivated and driven and you've been involved in it, but from the PT side of it, why is working with these athletes so fulfilling to you? Uh,
1: You know, I've never get hurt, but then being able to just get that moment of relief, um, and this is, you get in the clinic too, where you, let's say you work on someone's shoulder and they've been dealing with like a spasm muscle or whatever it may be, and you're able to release it. And then that like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I can feel better so quickly, or I finally feel better for once. Or, you know, when I cut, I'm not having that knee pain and things like that. So those are the moments that I live for. Um, now, sometimes it, it does require you pulling out your hair because the athlete doesn't get it or they don't listen. <laughs> Um but then when you are able to see that improve on the table to the court, um you you know your job is done. And then so that's the not done, but you you achieved it. Um so it's definitely um from that PT perspective, I mean a lot of it is uh almost like maintenance and rehab for them, uh, just because with the WNBA season, it's only 32, 30 plus games. And then um, they go overseas. So we have only about a six-month season. So they're playing overseas, not as good resources and access to resources. And so they come back to us with very little rest and recovery. And a lot of times they're dealing with nagging tendonitis issues. And so it's a lot of just trying to patch them back up and just rehabbing them and getting them structurally sound. And then they kind of go back in that same cycle and get a little bit beat up. And so that's also a hard part of it, but I do get to use a lot of my PT skills for that reason because we're constantly trying to improve mechanics and reset them and things like that. So that part's fun too, but it can be a little challenging.
0: So I know that recently you guys just wrapped up the season. So kind of tell us a favorite memory. It doesn't have to be from this season, but about your, any of your favorite memory working with the Las Vegas Aces.
1: Hmm. Uh, I think my favorite memory is when... You know, each team kind of gets into like a little bit of a rut in terms of they're not performing to the level that they should be at. Um, And I think we have that a couple times throughout the season. And then there were a couple of games um, that they just put it together. And it was just amazing to see because they're, I mean, our team was what you might consider a super team to some extent. And seeing them all work together, for those few points throughout the season was just amazing. Um, and you want them to perform that level all the time, but it's professional sports and it's, it's tough and things don't always happen according to plan, but there were some cool moments like that to see them perform at such a high level. And I think
0: that's why we all love to do sports. Like, yes, getting them back onto the field is you know such a great feeling, but at the end of the day, sports are really, really fun. And it's really fun to cheer for, you know individuals and making sure and seeing them succeed, and so that's like one of the main reasons that I love sports in general as a fan, and then even more so as a PT. So, a couple more questions kind of give us a day in the life of what it's like to be a PT ATC for the Las Vegas Aces. Um, this was one of the most interesting parts of the uh, Instagram takeover that you did. So, why don't you tell other people kind of what it's like to be you and a day in the life for, let's say, home game day?
1: Uh, So, typically, home game day. around around 11. But then um, on the medical side, we get in pretty early between like seven or eight, um, just to kind of make sure things are set up because we are short staffed. So we're also in charge of making sure our side of the bench is set up properly. Um, And a lot of times they have to add the court and the chairs back (laughs) into the arena. So things aren't always set up properly. (laughs) And so starting with that, making sure everything's all good, get the training room all set up, um, and then we might do a couple of treatments before the shoot around. Shoot are pretty light, um, about an hour. And then um, the fun part that they normally do is their half court shot. So that's always pretty entertaining. Um, and then after the shoot around, we might do a couple more treatments, but then usually a lot of the players go home and nap before the game. Um, typically, if it's like, a, let's say it's a 7 p.m. game, we'll get back in about three hours before the game starts. Um, and then same thing, kind of get set up and ready with our tape and whatever else we might need for each player. Each player pretty much has their own routine. Um, so between me and the other, um, uh, uh PT that I was working with this past season, we kind of have our players divvied up with their shooting time that they're shooting up time on the court and their treatment times and then taping times. And so that's the hustle and bustle of pregame where you're pretty sweaty by the end of it. but it's like trying to the clock a lot of the times because I'm I'm one of those who's like gets the players into the locker room before the coaches come in like 10 seconds before then so I'm just like it's a hustle and bustle like those times matter because um, if you if one person's late it messes up someone else's schedule and sometimes I have to yell at people a little bit um, but then game days I mean they're pretty chill but um, it, for me it's a little bit of hustle and bustle because I know I always like finish right before then. Um, so then when the coaches come in, we might need to do a few more things with some of the players, but then at that point, it's time for them to go on the court and perform. And so that's mostly what we do, pre-game um, and then game time. because we also are short staff, we are the ones who are giving them water, whatever they may need, even like stretching like on the side if they need to do that, um, if they need gum, like we have people who love gum, love chapstick during the game. So you kind of know, who, what, when they kind of need it, so it's kind of like you just you just have to learn and remember, and um, just and it makes it easier rather than them asking because there's a coach coming at them. The coach might call them in, like they need to be ready too, but they need their chapstick in order to to go onto the court. So you get them what they need, and then if they do well, you're like you know what? it's because I gave them that chapstick. So <laughs> that's kind of how games are um, post game. Um, is if anyone has like any lingering things or just need to follow up with any of the docs, the docs usually hang out after the game and chit chats with some of the athletes. Um, But if everything's all cool, the athletes kind of ice uh, cold tub, whatever they may need. And then usually head out every now and then someone might need a, like a little stretch here and there, but heading out and then for the medical side, it's just cleaning up after the game. So if it's a seven o'clock game, it might be, around 11 o'clock that we may be kind of winding down. Um, but it just kind of depends. Knock on wood, there's no like real big injuries. If there were, then we would probably take them that evening. If we need to like go get an MRI late night or something, we'll go take them there to go do that. But um, we do have x-ray at our facility. So we're able to do that right on on court, like in the one of the rooms. Um, so that's nice. But then anything else, we would have to take them out. That's pretty much a game, game.
0: Yeah. So, what goes into those, like, pr- uh, like I guess, the l- shoot around, like at eleven o'clock at, at the beginning of your day? What goes into those treatments? Is it like, you know, I have this nagging elbow or knee pain? What can I do to kind of make it go away so I feel good for tonight?
1: Yeah. So it might be that it might just be a little bit of a soft foot wash for some players. Um, like, for example, you have some people with Achilles issues. It might just be a little bit of. Um, tool work on that Achilles just to make sure that they can still do shoot around. Cause even though it's almost like a walkthrough, there is some pace to it. So it's still, they need, they still warm up and everything before the shoot around. So just essentially getting them ready for shoot around, but also getting ready for a game. So it's kind of a mix of both of those. Um, so whatever they may need, some of them might just come in and do their exercises. So if they have their rehab for like the core or hip or whatever it may be. So they'll come in a little bit early to do that. And we'll just watch them do that. So. It can
0: vary. Okay. All right. And then the last question I have for you is what is some advice that for someone who wants to get into sports PT at any sort of level, whether it be the collegiate level or the pro level, um, what's something that you want to give to advice you want to give to any aspiring sports PTs?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing I would say is keep an open mind with what sport you want to do because you never know when an opportunity at any level might come about. Um, you know, for me, the basketball thing just kind of happens. I did have basketball experience thankfully, so I think that did help. Um, but then I was open to any position at any level. and so keeping that open mind because you never know you might start in one area and then end up going to your dream sport that you wanted to work with if that uh, position were to open up because there's not like there's a lot of sports positions out there so, Sometimes it's almost like snagging one as soon as it comes out. Um, but then using that experience to just improve your skills. Um, now, there are some things that are unique about each sport. And then obviously, it'll be good to have a good idea of every each thing about each sport, if possible. But that might be an impossible feat, unless you're just that good at sports. <laughs> um, I would just say keep an open mind. Um, there are opportunities out there and it might be through a clinic that you're working with that sees high level athletes, um, and then seeking out those places if that's where you want to work. But I think it also means you might have to move, um, in the athletic training realm, people move all across the country for opportunities. So I think in the PT realm, it, it might be that, that you have to do in order to get closer to your goal. Now you also have to know it may not guarantee it, but if there's a clinic that, is seeing the type of athletes you want to work with and your qualifications are there, maybe go and apply to that job that's across the country if you're willing and able to move.
0: Okay, I think that's great advice. Uh, Michelle, thank you for being so gracious of your time. And, you know, I'm glad, I'm very glad that we got a, a time to talk and set up after you had a very busy season. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug or anything like that?
1: Uh, the Las Vegas Asians. <laughs>
0: All right, I think I <laughs> Oh, watch yeah, this! I think movie. I found myself a, a new <laughs> WNBA team, um, Michelle. Again, <laughs> again, thank you for coming on to the um, latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast.
1: All right, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Huge shout-out to our guest, Michelle Anumba of the Las Vegas Aces. If you learned anything new, enjoyed our guest, or want to hear more episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.